Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back in the book of John. We're back in the book, uh, chapter 6. Jesus has been teaching some great spiritual truths, and he's been comparing himself in spiritual ways to things that we know and can relate to. He compares himself to water, to bread. He compares himself to his own body and his own blood. And so um, they were all he had so many people following him because they were hungry. He had just fed 5,000. So it's interesting that <clears throat> the conversation is all about food. It's all about bread and water. But Jesus is talking about spiritual food. And he's talking about other kinds of food. Um, like bread you can't see and water you can't see. Or something even more better than water. And so Jesus is talking about his own sacrifice on the cross, and he's talking about his body being the sacrificial bread and his blood even taking the place of living water. It is going to be living water. It is going to be this blood even stronger than this living water. It is the blood that will be shed for them to pay the penalty for their sins, the body that will be given up as a sacrificial offering, just like the animals were Uh, sacrifice back in the Old Testament, it will be a sacrificial offering to pay the penalty once and for all as a sin offering. So he's talking about this, um, something that they need to be thirsty for even greater than bread and water, even greater than the food, the physical food. He's telling them to go after the spiritual truths and spiritual food, um, and he's doing it in a way that they can understand and relate to, he's telling them that his body physically will be sacrificed for them. But he's saying it in a way, relating it to food, so that they would understand they need to be thirsty for that. So, we'll, we'll take up in verse 55, for my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Now, again, as we said yesterday, McGee says, it's not talking about cannibalism or anything. There's no example of that in the Bible that Jesus teaches. 
he's referring to it in spiritual ways. He's referring to it as eating and drinking his body and blood, as accepting his spiritual offering to them and taking in his words as if as you were taking in food. Be thirsty to learn his words and teaching. Be thirsty for his sacrifice, just like you would be thirsty for for um, physical food. He's talking about spiritual food here. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father who uh, live because of the Father. So whoever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. So in other words, the food that you ate, which is me, will sustain you, will give you life. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and, and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. So Jesus is talking about his gift of eternal life in terms of food that people can try to understand. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. Now, going to verse 60, when many of his disciples heard this, of course they misunderstood, they said, this is a hard saying, who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, again, showing that Jesus knows the hearts of everyone. Do you take offense at this? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? So, if you, if you are offended at this, you know, how are you, you know, you're certainly not going to eat me. I'm going to be ascending to heaven, you know. Then what if you see the Son of Man ascending to heaven? You won't be offended at that. So, if you won't be offended at me going back to heaven, why are you being offended when I'm telling you that's how your sins will be forgiven? You've got to allow me to die for you. You've got to allow me to die for you, and then you have to be thirsty to receive my spiritual food so that you may live too. It is the Spirit who gives life. Okay? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that Jesus is going to give them. They have to take in the Holy Spirit just like you're taking in food. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. So, I can die on the cross, but you have to receive my Holy Spirit. You can't do it by yourself. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. My words are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were that did not believe and who it would be who it was who would betray him. And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father.
<clears throat> so Jesus knows that there's some who aren't going to understand this or, or can't take this in. They won't accept it. He's telling them the spiritual truths that he's going to die for them. And they have to take in his Holy Spirit into their bodies just like they take food into their bodies. They have to be thirsty for his words because they are spirit and they are life. And we no longer live by the flesh. We live by the spirit. We have to have the spirit. The flesh can do nothing. And so he says, "Is I've already told you, no one can come to me unless granted to him by the Father. In other words, <clears throat> it's not like you're rejecting me. He's telling them. It's just God has not granted you to be drawn to me. So, <clears throat> it's not like you're rejecting me at all. <clears throat> God just hasn't granted it. And after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go his way as well? So in other words, he already knows that their hearts will follow him, but he's asking them. Because again, <clears throat> as McGee says, God grants it, but it takes our free will to come to him. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come <clears throat> to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, did I not choose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. So Jesus already knows this, but Jesus is, you know, he's asking him, are you going to leave me too? Of course, he knows, you know, who's going to leave him and who's not. But Simon kind of sums it up. He's doing this to draw them out. He's doing this to help teach them. But Simon says, there's nobody else. And even for us today, who are we going to follow? <clears throat> There's no one else with words of spirit and life that give hope. There's no other religion that teaches this. There's no other religion <clears throat> that says, I am the Son of God. And there's no other way except through me. He tells, he's the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way. Not, no other way. He's already warning us. <coughs> so after all these great spiritual truths, then what do you think happens? After this, sometime, my, my, McGee says maybe around six months, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Okay, he already knows this. So the Jews' feast of booths was at hand. This is where they camp out in these little tents to celebrate God's faithfulness to their time in the wilderness. It's a celebratory time. So his brother said to him, leave here and go to Judea. This is the exact place Jesus knows he's not supposed to go because they're trying to kill him there. And if he went there, maybe they would put him to death before his appointed time. <clears throat> But anyway, they're giving him the wrong advice. Leave here and go to Judea that your disciples may see the works you're doing. For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. So they're giving him advice based on the fact that he already knows they don't really believe him. They just want him to go there to show a bunch of signs and wonders 
to get people to believe. Maybe that'll help convince them too. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. Okay? Even his brothers. I mean, now McGee teaches that Mary had other kids. Jesus was the first one, but he had other kids. And McGee teaches that James was one of them. James wrote the book of James. And then there's another Judas there who wrote the book of Jude, was his other half-brother. These are, these are people who lived with him in the same house, grew up with him, but still, at this point in time, didn't believe him. And Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come, but your time is always here. So Jesus' time on earth has a set purpose. Every day, Jesus had he knew what he was to do because he knew his Father's will. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it, that its works are evil. You go to the feast. I'm not going to the feast, for my time is not yet fully come. So he's telling him, he doesn't tell him he's not going to the feast right now. He, you know, he's just saying, I mean, he's not going to the feast right at this exact moment. He, Because we see later he does go to the feast, but his timing is really important. My study Bible says it's the time element. Jesus' time... Um, had to be the right moment, the right opportune time. And that wasn't right then and right now, and probably wasn't right with them as well. And after this, he remained in Galilee. So he's letting his disciples go on ahead of him. Now we're going to stop here because this is our time to stop too. So we'll stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali, if Matali is able to record. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what you've got to say today. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you here next time on Monday. As always, we take a break for the weekend. And we'll see you back here on Monday as we continue this study through the book of John. God bless you all. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from John chapter 6, beginning at verse 55, all the way through to John chapter 7, verses 1 through to verse 6. So scripture reads at John 6, verses 55, and I begin reading, For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Verse 56, He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him as the living father sent me and I live because of the father so he who feeds me will live sorry so he who feeds on me will live because of me verse 58 this is the bread which came down from heaven not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead he who eats this bread will live forever. Okay, so the Lord Jesus Christ is preparing these men for that last supper and the institution of the Lord's Supper. So this is not something that um, that's to be taken literally. I mean, the Lord Jesus Christ did not teach cannibalism or anything like that because, you know, when he was telling them that he was right there before them, and he didn't mean that they actually eat him and drink his blood. 
it simply means that he will give his life and he made it clear in the upper room at the last supper that the blood symbolizes life so life of the flesh is in the blood and the lord has and scripture has taught us this and the lord has actually stated this and these people were taught this from the very beginning that life of the flesh is in the blood so when we are brought out sorry when they were brought out of the land of egypt um at mount sinai you know they were actually told this by moses and moses was um was a prophet and he was uh telling these people that the life of the flesh is the blood so jesus christ will shed his blood upon the cross so he's giving his life and by accepting and receiving him in uh, a most intimate way this is how we actually partake of his flesh and his blood so an intimate and real relationship with him is what's really important so people tend to actually think that the, this feast of baking bread and drinking of his cup is not really important but it's actually pretty important for our spiritual blessings verse 59 goes on to read these things he said in the synagogue as he taught in capernaum so here this actually took place in Galilee in Capernaum. So it just gives us the exact geographical location of where the Lord Jesus Christ is. And this is towards, you know, the storm is brewing. It's heading towards the end of his life. It's leading to the cross. And um, here we can see his movements. They're now like mostly concentrated in Capernaum and not Jerusalem because these people were trying to kill him. And as we shall read further on down in scripture. Verse 60 goes on to read, Therefore many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is hard, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? So here. Uh, so there was a reaction of several groups of people. And like you know, we said earlier, you know, there were different people who surrounded the Lord Jesus Christ and they had different opinions and so these different people were you know there was the religious rulers the Pharisees his disciples and amongst his disciples Judas Iscariot verse 61 goes on to read when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this he said to them does this offend you verse 62 what then if you should see the son of man ascend where he was before so these people here they won't eat him up like literally that's how some took it and because he is actually going back to heaven so he's saying, you know, he's saying, you're not going to literally eat me up. Verse 63 goes on to read. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. 
the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So here, he's actually not talking about his literal body. It's when we have faith and we appropriate. So the word of God ministers to the hearts of of people. And this ritual has a spiritual blessing for you and me today. And uh, when we actually drink of um, his blood, it's it's usually sweet. You know, when we share, like, you know, take this and drink it amongst yourselves and do it in memory of me. That juice is usually like grape juice and it's usually sweet. So we know that he, on the cross, he had the bitter cup. He died for us. Because in his blood is life, eternal life that we actually, um, he paid ransom for and that we actually got. So Jesus Christ's words are spirit and life. Uh, Verse 64 goes on to read, but there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were, who did not believe and who would betray him. Verse 65, and he said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted by, it has been granted to him by my father. So, here it's up to you, actually. The Lord doesn't force. It's your free will. So it's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to me. To actually come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, the word of God is being preached out every day. So it's up to you. He's waiting with open arms. Okay. So, um, verse 66 goes on to read. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. So, there were different groups of people, like I said earlier, with different opinions. So in that group, you know, there was the religious rulers, the 12 disciples, Judas included amongst the 12 disciples, and, um, and, you know, other disciples. So they were about, you know, four different opinions for the four different people found in that group. But many actually turned and went back. So verse 67 goes on to read, Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? Verse 68, But Peter, Simon Peter, answered to him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of um, eternal life. <clears throat> so, <coughs> So here, mm, this was a very good question that um, Simon Peter asked, even for us today. The Lord Jesus Christ is the only one that has the words of eternal life for us. Verse 69 goes on to read, And also we have come to believe and know that um, you are the Christ the son of the living God. 
So this is the testimony of Simon Peter that's given here. Verse 17 and 71 reads, Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spoke to Judas Iscariot and he spoke to Judas he spoke, sorry, of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for whom the son of uh, sorry, the son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him being one of the twelve. So here let me just read that again. He spoke to Judas Iscariot he spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for whom it was he who would betray him being one of the twelve. Okay, so here, all the way through scripture, the Lord Jesus Christ actually gave Judas Iscariot every opportunity to actually make a decision. You know, like we said, it's it's up to us to, you know, make a decision. Um to turn to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Judas was given every opportunity to make that decision. Um, you know, he was given an opportunity to make a decision for him to actually turn away from his evil ways. So, but one thing we're supposed to note is evil is always a mystery. And that's why it actually attracts us. It attracts people. And it's different to... Um, it's just different to actually interpret because what might seem as an interpretation and an explanation by one group might be different by another group. But it's evil always just attacks. Uh, we always always evil. Sorry, always always attracts like a lot of people. Um, and um, Judas Iscariot is, you know, hard to interpret, but he was evil. And now we get to chapter 7. And chapter 7, verse 1 reads, After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he did not want to walk in Judea, because the Jews sought to kill him. So here, this is after the things... Um, Actually, the statement, after the things... So after the things, this is after the things that had actually taken place in the last chapter. That's chapter 6, which is from looking at. And there was... Um, um, <coughs> yeah, it, um, this after these things, so that it's after what happened in chapter six when you know the crowd followed him and they dispersed. So, this was at least actually six months after all this had, that had happened in chapter six and the events of John seven happened at least six months after the six it actually happened six months after the close of chapter six yeah these things that have been talked about here and the events of chapter seven took place at least six months before the cross so a storm here was actually getting around gathering rather around the person of christ and it's still actually going on as you know there's still a difference um there's still a difference of opinion about the Lord Jesus Christ than any person that's ever actually walked top side of the earth. You know, there's still 
all these opinions and questions and arguments you know, to the point of you know some of them are more, almost you know blasphemous verse 2 goes on to read now the jews feast of the tabernacle um so uh the jews actually feast of the tabernacle was at hand so the feast of the tabernacle that's the feast of tents that's what it's also called is given back Actually, when we're in the studying the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament, so it was the feast that celebrated their coming out of the land of Egypt and dealing with, um, sorry, yeah, the, they actually celebrated it, you know, and it represented the coming out of the land of Egypt and dwelling in the wilderness in tents. So after they actually got in the land, they would celebrate this feast day by um, feast day. They would actually celebrate the feast day. Yeah. So after they got into the land, they celebrated this feast day by making booths. So they were all... Um, yeah, they, they actually made booths and they all came out and camped and it actually was a very joyful feast so there was the blowing of trumpets and you know 70 bullocks were offered and seven um sorry yeah so they there was the blowing of trumpets and 70 bullocks were offered and then there was the pouring out of water from siloam so we'll actually see this later on in our study. And they did this to actually commemorate the water that had come out from the rock when Moses um, smote the rock and water came out. So they poured um, out barrels of water and they got down from the pool um, of water that... They got down from the pool. So they just poured out the water of Siloam. And they poured it out into the temple. So God said, if any man thirsts, the scripture, if any man thirsts, let him come to drink. He is the rock. Lord Jesus Christ is the rock. And he is the living water. He is the water of life. So they also illuminated, sorry. Yeah, the inner court. Uh, so they actually brought um, a regular, you know, they actually, they, they lit the inner court actually with a regular torch parade. And the pillar of fire is, um, yeah, the pillar of fire is what they were actually commemorating. So it was a pillar of fire that followed them by night. And um, he is the light of the world. So he, he, um, he that actually follows him shall not walk in darkness. So the pillar, um, yeah, the pillar of cloud and fire that led the children of Israel to the wilderness march as 
um, you know, a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the pillar of cloud and fire that led, you know, the children of Israel on the wilderness march is representative of a picture of Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3 goes on to read. His brothers, therefore, said to him, depart from here and go into Judea for that Judea that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. So his brothers here, the brethren, it's not apostles or disciples, it's actually his half brothers. And they actually mentioned in the book of Matthew, that's Matthew 13. So there's James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. So we have Simon, uh, sorry, James wrote the book of James, and then Judas wrote the book of Jude. Yes. So these are his brothers, and this is actually, um, so his brothers, um, it's actually true, they didn't believe in him, but, you know, they saw that the fact that he had, um, so he had a great following, so the brothers didn't believe him, only in this suggestion because he had like a huge following verse 4 because i to read 4 no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly if you do these things show yourself to the world so this here that was like giving him this is wisdom of the world and the lord jesus christ never took this advice or he never took at um yeah advice the wisdom of the world advice. Verse 5, it's important to take note of this. And it reads, for even his brothers did not believe in him. Like I said earlier, even his brothers didn't believe in him. Verse 6 goes on to read, then Jesus said to them, my, my time has not yet come, but um, your name is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but if hates if um the world cannot hate you rather but if hates but sorry but it hates me because i testify of it that its works are evil so so um here we see in verse six sorry i have cold Mm, so here we see in verse 6 that the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, he was on a schedule. And it was a schedule that, you know, it was his father's schedule. So his time hadn't yet come. So he had to, um, his time hadn't yet come to actually um, leave and go to because Jerusalem, he still had things that he was doing. Verse 8 goes on to read, You go up to this feast. I am not going um, up to the feast for my time. So, um, so read, sorry, let me just read verse 8 again. You go up to this feast. I am not yet going up to this feast for my time has not yet um, fully come. So here, as you can see, 
the Lord Jesus Christ is following God's schedule. He's following God's will and he's following the wisdom. He's not following, rather, the wisdom of the world. No, the advice that his brothers gave him. So, God today is moving at his own program and all. Have we come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ through his word? Because this is our daily supplement. supplement. This is what we need. So, thank you all for listening. And God bless you all. And have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.